Stuart, great to have you on the podcast. And you were just saying this is podcast number two for you. Um, and to be honest, I'm just thinking, I think I've only ever been on two podcasts as a guest. So it's a very different experience to, compared to a host. But um, hi, first off. Yeah, hey, Dan, thanks for having me on. Yeah, a bit of a funny one. Like I'd, I'd never done this before until last week. And now suddenly it's like London buses and done two in a week. So yeah, we have to watch out when we, when we post it. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, well, I think it'd just be good. Like, we don't really know each other. We, we've chatted on LinkedIn. So for me personally, it'd be good to get a bit more of a, an intro into what you do. I, I've seen your content on LinkedIn. I think just anyone listening or watching, it'd be really cool as well. I guess my, most of my career has been, been in marketing procurement. So 14, 15 years, brand side marketing procurement. Some regional and global roles at places like Danone, Nike, uh, Reckitt Benkiser, uh, Betfair, uh, online sports betting. And originally, a long time ago, back in 2008 or so, for the for the Olympics, so when London was awarded the Games. So yeah, that, that's what I was mostly doing in, in terms of procurement. About nine months ago, decided to to set up my own thing. Wanted a, ch- a change of scene, was really curious to do, to do some other stuff and maybe manage the work-life balance a bit differently. Yeah, what, what I've been doing for the last nine months is a little bit of normal procurement work for, for a couple of smaller brands but really mostly it's actually been helping agencies and intermediaries kind of demystify procurement and understand how to navigate it a little bit better and that's ended up looking like helping agencies with their with their own marketing and sales process and strategy really yeah so i, I firstly i didn't realize um you only made that jump nine months ago but that, that's a brave move right <laughs> during covid to uh to go on your own yeah, so middle of COVID, middle of lockdown. I think at the time I was really keen to do like a little bit of training and, and coaching. So I'd obviously mm-hmm. working in procurement for a long time. If you if you can't sort of talk marketing, of course, you don't get a seat at the table. But I wanted to do some marketing learning. So I, I, I did the Mark Ritson mini MBA in marketing, sort of straight off the bat from sort of thinking about le- leaving work. So le- taking a couple of learnings from that, I sort of reached out to a few agencies that I knew. And I said, look, I'm thinking of providing this service to agencies. Would you buy it? You know, <laughs> a bit of testing, a bit, yeah. bit of market dynamics, market analysis, whatever. And they all said, God, yeah, that would be pretty handy, actually. You can understand procurement a bit better if you can help us with our pitch responses, just like how to how to frame the pricing message, like just bits and pieces like that. So everyone I reached out to said we could we could do with this sort of thing, and that gave me the confidence to to do it. That sounds awesome. I mean, when I uh, think about like, I think one thing a lot of procurement people think uh, forget about is uh, there are. Uh, there's a whole team at the other side of the the piece of paper you send out, whether it's a, an RFP, an RFXX, or whatever you're doing. That that there's there's something there, right? And marketing uh, to me seems like a really weird place for procurement to sit a lot of the time because the objectives do not traditional procurement objectives don't align very well. Uh, I'll be very careful around like my terminology uh, around objectives of procurement. So yeah, like that that service sounds really cool that you're you're doing. I mean, what's I, I, obviously they, they, they've been keen on that what what kind of what have you learned really from that process because I guess like for me thinking about this I, I I would if I was a marketer I wouldn't really understand how the how on earth procurement people even function half the time in a very traditional sense that is I think what it's given me is a lot of understanding of the things that I intuitively knew to be true when I was working brand side so the amount of effort that agencies put into building relationships with procurement, uh, with with people at brands, the amount of time and effort they put into RFP responses, how it feels to kind of be left hanging for for answers from the brand about how it's going. Now being a service provider myself as well, like really sort of 
walking a mile in someone else's shoes, if you like, as a service provider going, God, this is actually, I've been a little bit on occasion too busy or too blind to realize the impact that the mechanics of the big brands, you know, um, how they go about their agency selection and, and how much, you know, investment emotionally in terms of time and resources that agencies put in. I now see it every day because I'm helping them prepare for an RFP response or it might be a one-to-one discussion they're having with a brand to kind of understand what they can maybe do to work together. And I see how important it is to them. And I've, I've always kind of sensed it, but when you're on the other team, when you're at the brand, you're a little bit more cold about it. You're like, okay, we've got our process. These are our deliverables. We have to do this by this date and maybe, maybe it's savings or something else. And now kind of getting into bed with the agencies and trying to help them navigate all that stuff. You really see, you really get a, a sense of what it is from the other side. So it's always been, it's always been something that I hoped I walked that line very well because I, I started my career at, at a marketing agency before I fell into procurement. Always tried to see the agency point of view, and that's probably why I was relatively good at marketing procurement because I'm not, I wasn't just like a cost guy, a price guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 really just amplified by seeing it now more more from this point of view as well. No, that's great, and I mean, like, it's clear you you love marketing. And is it just marketing in general or is it marketing procurement? Like to me, you, you sound very well versed in just the whole piece. It's not just about the procurement bit. It's about, you know, what marketing is all about. Yeah, I, th- I think look, the, the best marketing procurement people that I've, that I've come across at different brands or doing, um, you know, engaging with things like the World Federation of Advertisers and so on, the people who are, have some marketing experience or really enjoy marketing, they're the best marketing procurement people. I think if you if you sort of picture more direct procurement, when arguably, and I really say arguably, and it's, it's <laughs> if, if you can say that the specification of this pen is, you know, size, material, um, mm. functionality, what volume do we need, where does it have to be delivered, and by when, you can kind of put that out to the marketplace and get, you know, get your uh, get your quotes in. And with marketing, uh, there's always been that little bit more. The creativity part has always been the thing that marketing procurement, marketing themselves and the agencies have always a little bit struggled to come together and say, oh, well, how do we articulate in terms of articulate that in terms of how we compare apples to apples? And it's, it's one of the things that um, has always been quite difficult. What, what value can procurement people and procurement pros bring to, to marketing? A lot more than a lot of marketing people might think initially. Okay. Um, I think there's, there's historically probably been the, the perception or perhaps the, the stigma around procurement that it's very much about price. Yeah, get that. Um, of course, yeah. And, uh, you know, there are always budgets to be hit and depending on where exactly procurement sits in, in any given organization, there may be mm. some reporting that gets done to finance, which is about savings and, you know, did we hit budgets and so on. But the, you know, the, the best marketing procurement people, I think, they, they go into the marketing teams and say, what is it that you need? What are your metrics? Is it, yeah. is it brand metrics? Is it, you know, is it sales? Is it, is it something else? And if you can, if you can go into uh, leadership teams at brands and say, look, I might deliver some savings at some point as well, but first and foremost, what does success look like for you in terms of how you engage with agencies? What do they have to be doing? And, you know, over time, you, you know, you build that trust and you might start to talk about performance measurement and, you know, different bits and pieces like that. But there's been some good stuff recently that I've quite enjoyed sort of seeing from afar, which is, you know, things like Project Spring from the World Federation of Advertisers. For anyone who hasn't heard of that, basically... Yeah, I haven't. So that'd be be a good 
good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so World Federation of Advertisers is, is largely made up of the top two or three hundred brands in the world by ad- advertising spend. Okay. They are a great resource of uh, talking about topics within advertising, best practices, surveys, and learnings. And something that came out from their last year, Project Spring, was essentially inputs from some of the, the, the biggest marketing procurement leaders at some of these brands. And it really touched on in a lot of detail how procurement, marketing procurement delivers so much more than just savings. So value, so more sort of 360 degree look at value. Um, as I say, it might be speed, it might be innovation, it might be other more typical things like risk management and productivity, but on the whole, it, you know, it's, it's basically saying, right, marketing, what are, your, what are your objectives and how can procurement help you deliver those through how we yeah. engage with agencies? Anyway, I, I've been seeing a shift. I, I move around quite a bit like yourself in roles. I'm actually in a permanent role now, so maybe I'm, I won't be moving around so much, but covering a lot of different sectors. I don't actually cover marketing ever. So this is, this is really a cool conversation for me. And I, I don't think a lot of procurement people even consider marketing as a, as a profession to get into in that sense, in terms of marketing. Procurement. But a lot of what you're just talking about, that alignment, I like it's that alignment with the, the business or your stakeholders. I, I kind of seen a big shift where I go that the, the business doesn't necessarily just want savings. They might still talk about savings or, you know, can we get, you know, 5% off of this supply this year or 1% or 2%, whatever. Yeah. But they're, they're actually wanting like maybe to have a speedier process so they can get products out to market faster or just making sure that the quality is far better from the, the to which, you know, reduces risk and everything like that. So I, I kind of feel like, I don't know, and I'm sure there'll be like some really traditional people out there who will say, no, procurement is very much about cutting costs. I, it sounds like if you if you walk into a, a marketing meeting with the marketing leaders at a company, they're just going to not take you seriously if you do that. Yeah, exactly. I think the best relationships between marketing, procurement and marketing are, are about their conversations about the consumer. Um, and that's how it starts. And it's yeah. like, well, how do we go and how do we go and satisfy your objectives to meet to have that impact on the consumer this year um so you know that depending on what it might be it might be membership it might be membership it might be signups to the app you know nike training club app or something so i would rather that my team would be equally allowed to celebrate the fact that the deal that we did to find the agency that delivered that yeah active users on the app sign up on the app whatever like that's that should be something that we can celebrate as procurement as well no matter what it costs so it's yeah, you know, it's different, right. different metrics and as i say we'd report on it differently like the saving would go to finance and the the uptick in membership and active users or whatever that would go to the the senior director of digital brand or, or whatever it might be to say hey we we, we helped you out with that no worries you know <laughs> and what, what's really interesting in terms of different types of value i think for um for marketing procurement is cpos these days they have so many different priorities. But if you were running your own business and you said, I've got 15 priorities, you get, you know, people would be like, you can't have 15 priorities. You never do any of yeah. that. <laughs> but just reading this, this, this um, publication this week from Deloitte, all the different priorities that CPOs have, I was having read through and it was always that cost savings was number one priority. You just switched, number- didn't it? Is that, is it, I think I saw your post potentially on it. Maybe it was your post I read, but yeah, I'll let you carry on. I got excited then. I don't think I posted about it yet. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. But it's probably caused some waves. In my I saw group. someone post on this. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll let you keep talking for sure. I can't claim it, I think. Um, <laughs> but um, number one is now operational efficiency. Yeah, that's it. Savings. Now, now look, operational efficiency to me smells like a different way of saying savings. savings. But it's more, you know, it's 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 doing more with less. It's productivity. It's streamlining things, and and savings are still number two. To be to be fair, but yeah, what's really interesting if you look at the priorities now, 
you see a real leap in things like digital transformation, input to CSR, sustainability, DNI, and so you know the external world and how you interface with it. So CPOs have got so much stuff to do, and I think maybe five, ten years ago it was it was always about savings. There was maybe two other things underneath. It might have been risk risk mitigation and something else. But I think the there's another thing in that Deloitte report which I, which really resonated with me, which was the highest performing procurement teams. They have a really balanced scorecard of of, um, of value delivery. Um, so it might be the sustainability stuff. It might be innovation and digital transformation and, and whatever it might be. But supposedly brands who who look at procurement teams who look at multiple types of value delivery metrics, they are typically higher performing because they are more balanced in, in how they approach the work and they get better reach and, and traction within the business yeah it's a really um yeah it's a really interesting point actually and yeah for some reason i thought i, I saw your post obviously you haven't done a post yet maybe do a post i i saw someone post about this um and i'm sure there were some funny comments in the, the comment area there but yeah like I kind of agree with you that that whole efficiency piece feels like it's almost savings over uh people hours like getting less having us yeah but, but the workforce we're, we're really cynical aren't we mate but the, you know the, i think it's just interesting to see that when you've got the option of saying savings and suddenly it's not top of the list so something something has yeah. to be has to be some mechanics behind that that are like and it's obviously it's, it's silly to say it right but like these cpos at these big brands they're not they didn't come down in the last shower, right? They, they know what they're doing. They're absolute yeah. experts, leaders in, 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 in this stuff. So it's brilliant that there are so many good procurement functions and procurement people now who can go into the business and say, this is who we are. This is how to engage with us. These are the types of value that we deliver. And it's, it's good procurement people that are coming through that are fueling that conversation within businesses and, and slowly changing the perception of procurement from the top down, but also... You know, some of the some of the best young procurement people I've seen have been fresh-faced interns that have come into a business like a Nike or wherever else, and they just come in and they absorb everything. Mm. They and you know they're really brand focused. They're really consumer focused. When you say to them, "Hey guys, we won't get a seat at the table unless we go in and ask about the consumer and ask about the marketing strategy rather than pushing procurement strategies onto them," that's not how we do it. And so they, they absorb all of that and they go off and, you know, within nine months, these kids straight out of university are engaging with some senior leaders in, in, in marketing and it's really cool to see. So there's, there's people like flying up through the ranks that are, you know, just, you know, just getting better and better. And there's amazing people in leadership positions, C-suite levels, who are really advocating for procurement in a brilliant way. So it's, um, it's kind of cool to see um, that it gets more and more embedded within businesses. And I think... It was probably initially driven by okay we all need to save money you know we, we have to like uh, do better on the bottom line but there have, there have been enough people who've been able to articulate and then follow through with here are the other things we can do as as procurement people so yeah, it's been good to see yeah i was just thinking uh, i kind of got two questions for you and uh, firstly <laughs> I, I was just thinking what you said about the interns or like the the younger people coming in and maybe grad students uh, and things like that coming in and they're learning within your world of marketing a very different world to pretty much every other procurement professional and i was thinking like uh organizations such as sips for example they, like that they, they don't align there right like you see all these msips people and everything and it sounds like a very good uh, qualification to have and I kind of think it's a very still a very it feels very traditional procurement focused and people if they 
went and did sips or whatever and then tried to jump into that marketing world might suddenly feel a little bit alienated um I, I, it was, uh, if you got any views on that, be good. It's more just me, me thinking out loud there yeah. as well. So SIPS is a SIPS for me is is actually it kind of bookends my procurement journey. So hmm. when I fell into procurement, I was, as I said, I was working at an agency when I started and uh, started my career. A teammate of mine, his background was in procurement, and he he got a job at the Olympics and kind of brought me with him. And he said, "Don't worry, we'll teach you about procurement and we'll put <laughs> you through SIPS." Wow. So they, so like 15 years ago, I started doing SIPS while working at the Olympics kind of juggling both and then I think when I went on to Betfair four years later my first marketing procurement role as part of my um, like onboarding or like my contract negotiation I asked them to put me through the next level of SIPs so so I, so I did like two-thirds of the way towards MSIPs like 12 13 years ago at least and then when I left my my role middle of last summer I, I, I reached out to SIPs and, and I signed up to do the management entry route to get yeah, to MSIPs at around the time that I did the Mark Richardson's mini MBA in marketing. So for me, like it was really interesting to have had all of that hands-on knowledge from some big global brands and all that practical experience. And then to try and put the SIPs lens over it and they've got their global standard and you have to make, you have to meet their standard. Having done the marketing stuff on, on the side as well, as I say, the Mark Richardson stuff, it was kind of an interesting moment that second half of last year. I was learning again for the first time, like formally learning stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to set up a business at the same time. And I was going to bed at night, just like there's so much going on here. Yeah. Um, I think it's really helped. And I think I'm, I'm really, really glad looking back on the second half of last year that I finished my SIP stuff because it, it definitely caught me out on two or three areas that I needed to get better at. And it complemented a lot of the stuff that, I, that I've been doing at, at Nike. And part of it was an interview process. And it was actually really interesting and fun preparing for that interview, for that, that an hour and a half discussion with the person at, at SIPS to talk about the SIPS global standard through the lens of my experiences. Mm. And I realized, God, I've actually done quite a lot of stuff. And it was, <laughs> it was really nice to talk about it. But as I say, there was a couple of, couple of blind spots that I, that I had to go away and work on. And it was really cool to kind of, for them to call those out. For procurement people coming through, like definitely consider doing the SIPS stuff. So actually, that, I was going to ask a question about people coming through. That, that was going to be like part two. So I'd be really interested to hear on that point on SIPs. Like, is it worthwhile, do you think? I'm, I'm kind of like you, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm partway through my level five qualification. I uh, turned down a couple of uh, roles last year and they offered to put me through that, the management route just to get it. So I didn't have to go through another eight modules or, or whatever. Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I did, the management entry route. Yeah, yeah. and um, it, it sounds great. And I kind of think, uh, yeah, it, it, new new people coming through. You recommend it? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, learning on the job and through mentorship and coaching through you know your leadership team is is always going to be seventy percent of the battle. But if you can do the other ten, twenty, thirty percent, you know, learning more formally, then I think it's it's a great mix, and it stops you getting into brand related bad habits. So if, you're, if you've come out of university, you get a job at a brand in a, in a procurement team, you can pick up some bad habits and you can become a little bit one-eyed by mistake because you've only seen the professional world through the eyes of one brand. So if you can overlay a little bit of more formal training, I think it stands you in good stead. Sure, I've actually just realized like we're almost at time. I told you this would go crazy fast in terms of the, the podcast length. I just wanted to, to give you an opportunity to say like, 
where can people find you? And if people have like liked what you, you're talking about, I don't, I don't know if we get too many marketers, but maybe something will come out of it. Who knows? Like yeah. you know, the internet works in weird and wonderful ways, right? The company is called Don't Forget to Look. That's cool. Um, so we've got don'tforgettolook.com. It's, I mean, I'm no web designer, so it, it is what <laughs> it is. Um, probably more, more of my stuff is on LinkedIn. There's a, there's a LinkedIn page for Don't Forget to Look and, and for me uh, as well. So yeah, that's where you'll see some of my some of my my chat floating around i suppose and um yeah i think that we we talked um before we started about like interesting you know resources and things and i think yes um, one of one of one of the one of the we've talked about the wfa project spring yeah things like that for brands that i would really encourage ipa as well for brands and a certain more uk focused sort of resource for advertisers one of the things that i that i was checking out recently which i think all agencies should read basically anything by by blair ends so okay. he has a really he has a really cool book called the the win without pitching manifesto and it's basically like basically it's about how agencies can differentiate themselves mm. um, and how they should focus on their expertise and how that sets them up, sets them apart from a very busy agency landscape. And there's, there's a few other pieces in there about, um, you know, how to position themselves and, and, and drive one-to-one conversations with brands rather than being a slave to the RFPs that come in. Yeah, sure. So, so um, yeah, so having, you know, having had the, the marketing procurement piece, sending out hundreds of RFPs over the years, it was kind of an interesting look at the other side to sit, to see, someone else's perspective on well why wouldn't you want to pitch how to have more dialogue and conversations and diagnostic rather than just pictures and presentations and these sorts of things so i found that fascinating and if i was an agency owner i would definitely have a look at that no that's great i'll I'll connect with you and make sure i've got everything linked up appropriately because this is a like i said all new to to me in that sense so we'll include everything we've we've discussed uh, down in the the description show notes whatever we want to want to call them i just want to say thanks for coming on i've i thought this was great actually i've i've learned loads i i, I do think we've ha- had one person come on and kind of talk about marketing at, at the start but i think you're like the first person to come on and yeah give this sort of perspective on things i think it's really good thanks for having me it's been really fun um I, it's funny like um with my with my sort of friendship group outside of work i always sort of feel like no procurement always feels a little bit nerdy or something, but I really yeah. enjoy talking. Like I get, I get, get a lot of I energy from chatting. About it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good, and um, yeah, happy to happy to share another time as well.